welcome to the Friends of a Feather podcast. I'm your host, Ren, and I'm so glad you're here. Each Friday, I get to chat with a friend who has a story to tell, a dream that she's pursuing, or a passion to share with you. Today is episode 40. I can't believe it. Woohoo! My guest on today's episode is Jean Stockdale. Jean is wife to Craig, mother to two adult sons, grandmother, a mother-in-law, and an author, a storyteller, teacher, and the list goes on. I am so excited to share with you Jean's story. Jean and her husband Craig were married at the age of 19, and a few years into their marriage realized that they were missing the most important part of their lives, Jesus. When they came to know Jesus, their whole lives flipped upside down. While she was raising her two boys, she was asked to start a mom's Bible study group at her church. After doing that for many years, a life-altering circumstance of a financial implosion happened to them. Jean and her husband Craig had to file bankruptcy and lost everything. Their farm, their land, their house, their business, everything. Through a family member, God provided a two-room garage that they lived out of, and they still are living in today. Don't miss this episode. It's great. I love to talk to Jean. I love her practicalness. I love her, is that a word? (laughs) I love her realness and I love the joy that she exudes. So here's our conversation. Hey, Jean, how are you? Hey, Ren. Nice to be with you today. Thanks for the invitation. Absolutely. I am so excited to have you. You have been a pillar of our church and of women's ministry. So we are just very excited to have you. I know many of my listeners are just on pins and needles waiting for you to be on the podcast. So I am thrilled, and thank you for giving me some time today. Appreciate it. My privilege, my privilege. Um, So we can talk about kind of how we met. I met you because your son, your oldest— is my age, and we grew up in the church together. That's right. That's so, right. Went to school together, graduated mm-hmm. together. Did. Yes. We yes. did all of that. So you have two boys. Tell yes. us a little bit about yourself. Okay. Um, my husband, Craig, and I have been married for 44 years. We were high school sweethearts. Mm-hmm. We uh, went to school together from the elementary on, and uh, we married at 19. I'll tell you a little bit more about that when we get into my testimony, but we have been blessed with two boys. Our oldest, Jason, is married to Patty and has two of our little grandboys, and they live in Austin, Texas. And and then Dawson, our youngest, uh, is married to Catherine, uh, and they have four children, and they live here in East Memphis. So okay. God's been good to us on so many levels. That's wonderful. That's great. It's great to see them and see what God's doing in their lives yes. separately. Yeah, and that's great. So, okay, so when you were married, you said you were married at nineteen, mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. you married Mr. Craig, yes. and at that time. You, your sis, no, it was at your sister's wedding? No, it was at our wedding. Your My wedding. My sister married, okay. uh, met Craig's brother. Okay. And uh, they fell in love and they married two years after we did. I just love so that. sisters married brothers. Sisters yes. married brothers. We had that in our family. My grandparents had that and they really? were twin, twin, um, and my grandmother was a twin, I think. Maybe not. Maybe not. No twins. No twins. But my grandparents, uh, my grandfather and his brother married my grandmother and her oh, sister. And oh. I think they had a double wedding. Maybe. I don't know. Wow. Yeah, wow. back then. So I love that. Um, so take us back from when you um, you became a follower of Jesus when you were 24. So That's tell right. us a little That's bit right. about that. Well, Craig and I were in high school together. And at the age of 16, maybe even a little before that, um, we began into a, a horrific 
terrific season of rebellion against mm. every authority in our life, against our parents, our families, and so forth. Mm. And uh, they were absolutely at their wits' end. Now, Craig's family mm. were strong believers and um, uh, had walked with the Lord for many years. In fact, he comes from a generational line of Christians. Mm. My family were unbelievers. We did not attend church okay. uh, more than just a few times in my life. Mm-hmm. Uh, my folks were good moral people. I'm grateful for that, but yeah. they certainly did not know the Lord Jesus Christ. They did, however, at the very end of both of their lives, they came to Christ and That's were grateful great. for that. Absolutely. But, um, when uh, our families were uh, very different in the fact that Craig's were strong believers and mine were not. Mm-hmm. But at any rate, Craig and I went into just terrible, terrible rebellion. And mm-hmm. at the age of 19, decided we would drop out of college against our parents' wishes and wow. we would get married. And mm-hmm. so when okay. we went to tell my parents what we were doing, they both said, good, get married as quick as you can. We think mm-hmm. that will be good for y'all. Don't know anything else to do for you. Okay. And his parents had pretty much the same reaction. Of, okay. we, we don't know what else to do. So okay. go ahead with yourself. And live on love. Yeah, that's about <laughs> what we have. <laughs> and so wow. the, I just had turned 19 okay. uh, in October and married in February. Wow. And uh, we began our lives together very, very much in love with one another, mm. very much. Mm. And my husband, even outside his relationship with Christ, was the kindest man I'd ever met. And mm. he adored me. And our marriage was a good, solid marriage as far as the world goes, mm-hmm. but um, we began uh, to try to restore the relationship with both sets of parents. We were ashamed mm-hmm. for the way we had treated them. We knew we'd caused a lot of grief and heartache in the home, and so we began to try to restore the relationship. Well, by that time, uh, Adrian Rogers had come to be the pastor at Bellevue, and all of Memphis was abuzz about this young mm-hmm. pastor. He was in his uh, late 40s. He'd come up from Florida, and everybody was sort of talking about him was on the news and in the newspaper. And Craig's parents wanted us to come to Bellevue to hear him. And really, with the purpose of trying to restore the friendship and relationship with his parents, is what first brought us to Bellevue. Wow. Not looking for the Lord, not mm-hmm. interested in the things of the Lord, certainly mm-hmm. having no interest in, in uh, God the Father or personal mm-hmm. relationship through Christ. But as we came, uh, the Word of God and the Spirit of God mm. began to get so a hold of us that mm. uh, literally we would hear the word preached and our hearts would burn. We would mm. just we just began to know there's something that we don't have and mm. we began to desire it. So at about that same time, Craig and I both at the age of 24 bowed the knee and invited Christ into our lives. And um, he came in and so dramatically and radically changed us that nothing has ever been the same in our lives. And we're mm. living a life we could have never dreamed Mm. Um, and apart from the Lord Jesus, wouldn't be possible. But God's just been extremely uh, good to uh, Craig and I as we built our lives together on the Word of God and on the things of the Lord. Okay, so then you have your boys, mm-hmm. and you're growing up, and then you started teaching in the mom's ministry. I did. How did you do that? When Bellevue moved from downtown location mm-hmm. out here to Cordova, mm-hmm. one of the things that was on the leadership's heart on uh, Joyce Rogers and some of the other women of the church was to begin to do some things that would draw young families in. Gotcha. Because the Cordova area was growing very rapidly, and it was by and large young families uh, out in this area. Okay. And so moms was developed 
developed um, out of a heart to try to reach the mm-hmm. young women and bring them in from the community to Bible study. And so mm-hmm. Jason was 10 and Dawes was 8, and I got a phone call, and they said, I was already teaching at this point in um, Sunday school here at Bellevue, and uh, had been teaching in College and Career and then in Young Marrieds, and certainly had a passion for the things of the Lord, for studying and for teaching. But they called and said, would you be interested in teaching something called Moms, that we could target mm. the young families coming awesome. in? And that was 28 years ago. Wow. And um, it began a, a path, again, apart from the Lord, would not ever even have dreamed of this, but mm. um, I, I dearly love to teach the Word of God, which obviously involves uh, love for studying and writing, but mm. um, getting to teach young women, pouring into young women mm. uh, was just, it turned out to be a passion in my life. I didn't really even know I had until wow. I got started into it. And that's what I was going to ask is, you were teaching, but... Y- you had experience with your own children, mm. but had you had any other experience teaching besides being a Sunday school teacher? Just a Sunday school teacher was Great. all. And then as the more I taught mm. and uh, soon began writing our uh, material as well, because um, when I started teaching moms that had preschool children, mm-hmm. and then when they got ready to go to school, the moms were saying, we don't want to stop. Can we keep coming? And so oh. it added to, uh, that began a process of adding in to not only preschool moms, but moms of school agers. Pretty soon it was to moms that had teenagers, and Uh pretty soon it was graduation, weddings, and grandmothers. And so through the years, they've all come, Mm -hmm. which led to writing my own material because I could not find, there's wonderful biblical material out there, but I could not find something that covered all those age groups, plus my, uh, certainly my number one goal was to get the women into the scripture to see what God's word says, and then how you apply what he says to your life personally, so. Well, and you're a very gifted teacher, very gifted and very... um, practical and mm-hmm. I think that's what a lot of the moms now and even in the past have been what we yearn for mm-hmm. is the practical mm-hmm. application to get in the scriptures but then see the practical application and to be able to do it at There's, home. There cannot be a disconnect between profound mm-hmm. and practical and mm-hmm. yet it's hard especially when you have little ones it's mm-hmm. hard to even find a moment of quiet time, much <laughs> less the time to think and process scripture mm-hmm. but um, I found that what the young moms wanted that they believed it was God God's word. They love the Lord Jesus Christ. They wanted to raise their children in the faith. That was a given. But mm-hmm. what they needed help in was taking those very profound truths of the word, which they believed were true. That was not the issue. Absolutely. They just wanted me to help them walk over the bridge to then, what, how do you apply that when your two-year-old has a down in Kroger's and you don't know what in the world to do? <laughs> yes. Um, and so that sort of began... Um, uh, I, I use a lot of personal application and a lot of storing um, out of my own um, circumstances, my own life experiences, and uh, tying the scripture to that. And that sort of began in seeing that they were able to really um, lock into those great truths mm-hmm. when they were presented in such a way that they could see how they would apply to mothering. That's and, great. And, uh, of course, fell just fell in love with that uh, ministry of getting to teach moms. That's great. Well, and I'll, and everybody loves that. You have your own children, so mm-hmm. you've walked every mm-hmm. stage. Mm-hmm. You know, you've walked the to- the babyhood, mm-hmm. the baby, the toddlerhood, the school age, the marriage, and now as a mother-in-law. Yes, you yes. know that grandmother and yes. grandmother. Yes. Right, uh-huh. you have done all of yeah. that. We can apply that to our lives mm-hmm. because you've been through it. You've walked it. It's not something you're just saying, but you're walking it. Yes, and you well, have walked yeah, it. I appreciate you saying that. Yeah. And I try to be as transparent as as possible mm-hmm. with all the flaws and failures of my own life. Um, 
um, when I first started teaching in the college department, I asked my girls, what is it that you want me to bring you? Uh, I'm going to bring the word every week, but what do you want? And they said they would like personal illustrations, and mm -hmm. one of them said, every week I'd like you to share a failure with us, uh, how you yes. recover from a failure. Yes. And that has stuck with me, that not That's only amazing. do we need to proclaim the truth and how it mm -hmm. helps us be successful in our mm -hmm. walk with the Lord, mm -hmm. but what do you do when it all falls apart and you step in the flesh and you're unkind with the child or say the wrong thing or right. harsh with your husband or yeah. um, fall all apart. Um, I, I, there's such value in that as well. And all that kind of came back from that one remark so many mm. years ago of that young woman saying that what I really want to know is how does a godly woman whose heart's desire is to walk with God, to do this well, how do you recover from those times of stepping into the flesh? And um, so that has stuck with me. And I tried yeah. to bring that into the mom's ministry, that it doesn't all, it's not going to always look good. It's going to fall apart on those uh, days. It's, there's going to be a lot of those moments when you're raising your kids. Right. And and I think people, we relate to, to you when we when we think about those things. And I remember somebody said something about toilet paper being on your shoe. <laughs> and you're just coming out like, well, there you go, right? Here it is. So Yes, yes. I, I don't know if you know, several weeks ago on Wednesday night, I was teaching Bible study. And right before I came out, the music, the praise and worship was already going. I was supposed to step out and uh, open in prayer just before that happened, mm -hmm. I felt thought I felt lipstick on my teeth, and I stepped back and looked in the mirror, and mm -hmm. I had my shirt on inside out. <gasps> oh. <laughs> and there was no time to do anything about that, but uh -uh. just go on. Uh -huh. uh, and I waited till about halfway through, and then it got so funny to me, I just uh -huh. had to tell the ladies. <laughs> and they probably wouldn't have noticed. No, no, until, but you don't yeah. want to miss an opportunity no, like that absolutely. to show some realness. <laughs> That's right. Like, this is me. That's this is right. me. I love That's it. That's right. Okay, so you're teaching mom's groups, and you're teaching Sunday school, and you have a great marriage, and then... Something happens in 2010. Yes, what happened? Yes. Well, Craig has has most of the years we've been together in our married life has had his own business, his own landscaping business. And so we had moved out to Fayette County. We were on 10 acres. He had a growing operation there, uh, greenhouses and uh, lots of, of trees being grown there and a, a big shop there on our um, the property where our home was. And in 2010, um, the uh, um, economy just flatlined in the Memphis area, the building economy and all of that, which is directly tied to, or our business landscaping, landscaping was tied to that. Mm -hmm. And so uh, we began to have a great slowdown, which led ultimately to the uh, failure of the business, the family business, and it took us down completely. And we mm -hmm. filed bankruptcy in 2010. Mm -hmm. We lost our home. We lost our business. We lost our land. We lost our farm in Mississippi. We lost just about everything mm -hmm. that we had. Mm -hmm. And um, thankfully, however, um, my parents, now my dad at that time was home with the Lord. My mom was still living. They had bought land in Moscow, Tennessee, mm -hmm. and their purpose, their intent, they actually bought it before Craig and I married. Mm -hmm. um, their idea was that when my dad retired, they would build out there on the property. Now, mm -hmm. by the time my dad retired, his health was not good, and they never did. Mm -hmm. But somewhere in the interim, um, they built a little one-car garage with mm -hmm. an attached workshop. My dad loved to be, he was a woodworker as a hobby. And so that was going to be, when they got the house built, um, that was going to be his little workshop area. Mm -hmm. 
So he put in a uh, he put in a septic line, ran electricity to it, but it was basically a one car garage with a pull down door and a little workshop attached. Okay. And um, so when we basically lost everything, mm-hmm. and um, we asked my mom if we could possibly move into the one car garage, and she mm-hmm. was glad for us to do it. And mm-hmm. um, so we moved in 2010. We moved in October after we lost the house mm-hmm. um, <clears throat> into a uh, we we by that time uh, had taking the door, the pull-down door off. Mm. I told Craig, I don't think I can sleep in a place where someone can open our whole door. I don't believe I can. But uh-huh. uh, we turned that into some windows, but okay. we moved in without a kitchen. We had a little tiny bathroom, uh, no laundry hookups, uh, concrete floor, basically mm. just two uh, rooms. And we're quite frankly very thrilled to have any mm. place to go to. We at that time had sure. two boxers and a cat. And mm. while the body of Christ rallied around us in unbelievable ways, and there were offers of people uh, open their homes to us to move in for any length of time. We felt like with our animals and mm-hmm. uh, with the what we believed God was doing in our life that we needed to get on out there and mm-hmm. begin the process to renovate it and to resettle uh, into this new um, And build new back thing. your house, your, yes, your, yes. your life. Right, right. Okay. So we started over in 2010. Okay, so how does that go from your, living in a in a nice house and you're around what fifth in your 50s uh, yes yes and uh-huh. so where do you where do you go from there well uh, the it's uh, looking back now I know if you talked to me during the days of it there were many many hard days I can mm. remember just telling Craig I'm, I'm taking my bed I've got to just go to bed I can't cope mm. with this or think about this or process this anymore right. but um, through it all I will have to say there was a sustaining truth that God was sovereignly in control and that he had a plan bigger than Craig and I could ever dream Mm. at the end of this and that this was simply a process we were walking through. Now, that does not mean it was easy. It was not. We had to um, dismantle a household. We'd lived there for over 20 years. We had to dismantle Mm. offices, businesses, greenhouses. The transition was incredibly difficult on many levels. And Mm -hmm. then we were uh, living uh, without uh, a kitchen, uh, which had, uh, uh, we lived with a, we ate off of a toaster oven and cereal for months and months and months. Because it would be a long time before we were able to get a kitchen in. Mm -hmm. And um, uh, yet, through it all, there was this underlying, this underlying reality for both of us that God was up to something. And if Mm -hmm. we would just walk it out by faith, that Mm -hmm. he was as faithful in that broken place as he'd ever been in all the years of prosperity, Mm -hmm. and that um, he was up to something. I was reading in the Gospels about the new wine season and Jesus telling his disciples, you don't take new wine and put it in an old wine skin because if you do the old wine skin will burst and it will mm-hmm. spoil the new wine mm-hmm. and God just began to whisper this is a new wine season in your life mm-hmm. this is something new that won't ever look like what you just walked out of and wow. so we began very early on not trying to recreate the life we had just lost mm-hmm. although um I think many people thought we were trying to come back. Mm-hmm. In my, even my own mom, who was rather brokenhearted over what she was seeing us go through, she believed that in just a short time we'd move and have a bigger home and mm-hmm. it'd be just like it was. Right. And yet Craig and I knew that that was not God's will, that he was mm-hmm. moving us out of something in order to move us into something else. Mm-hmm. And it took, it took over five years of renovating the cottage. We did it very slowly. Mm-hmm. 
And the way we even were able to really survive yeah. is the uh, the family of God rallied around us in ways mm. we have never ever seen financially. Oh, and, and yes, everything. yes, mm. gifts, financial gifts. Mm. We'd come to church and go home. There'd be money in our pockets, and we would have mm. never known how it got there. Wow. There were anonymous gifts. There were um, people that owned small businesses would send out their crews. So we had an electrician wow. friend, and when they got rained out, his whole crew would show up at our house. Oh, and wow. People that had things they wanted us to have, and um, the watching that was one of the great, awesome privileges. Few people get to um, do that, mm-hmm. and um, we uh, even in the breaking up of our household, we asked our sons. By that time, both were married, if they would come pick the things out of our household they wanted, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and I could not get my girls to. The uh, Patty and Catherine mm-hmm. said, "There's no way they mm-hmm. they weren't coming to do that," mm-hmm. and Patty even said, "I feel like I'm uh, benefiting." at your cost, mm. and I'm not going to do it. Mm. And so I finally told the boys, we've got to get rid of all this. This can't mm-hmm. go. We don't have room. Right, right. Only a very little portion of this can even fit to into fit. our other right, house. Right. And we're not going to store it because, mm-hmm. again, we did not believe this was a short season. We believed this right. was a new wine season. Right. And um, so finally, I mm. talked to the boys, and I said, Craig and I are going to be gone for about four hours in the morning. I want you to bring the girls over. Mm-hmm. And I've tagged everything that I think I can use at the little cottage. Mm-hmm. Uh, at that time, the garage, and uh, it has an orange tag, and everything else has to go, and mm-hmm. it has to be given away, right. uh, sold, liquidated, it has to go, right. and said, we want you to come in with the girls, and we want you to make lists of everything you want, mm-hmm. and um, even after they did that, I had mm-hmm. trouble getting them to give me the list, and mm-hmm. I finally said, look, most people don't do this until they die. Right. That's when the households are right. distributed, right. and I said, there's something very, very blessed for Craig and I mm. to see our stuff yes. in mm-hmm. your home being used. Absolutely. And so even in that, um, God was letting us do some very unique mm. things that we still really, really treasure. We, we love that mm. the girls did not want to do it and the boys yeah. were hesitant. Yeah. But then we love being in their homes and seeing things that came out of our homes. That's because, wonderful. again, most people don't get to see that. I was going to say, in my, I remember my grandmother's house. She had on the back tagged who it goes to uh-huh. and and my husband said that's just awful I said no <laughs> she wants she knew we liked it yeah she wanted but she couldn't see that until you know after she had passed away she right. couldn't see it so right. at least y'all right. got to yeah, see was, that part it, of it it was just one of the many many hidden blessings mm. we would never wish this upon ourselves no. or anybody else no. but the truth of it is God was moving us into mm. something altogether different and it certainly altered our lives uh, we mm. we again lived without um, kitchen for a very long time. We lived without mm-hmm. a washer and dryer for a long time. And these are luxuries that um, the third world knows nothing about. Um, by this time, Craig and I had been doing a lot of international travel. Mm-hmm. And part of what God used the day we drove out there to look at this little uh, garage and mm-hmm. to think about moving into it, it hadn't been opened in 12 years. It was full of mice and lizards. And wow really dreadful thing. Yes. <laughs> and uh, wow. uh, the the way that God gave us, even in that really broken moment, mm-hmm. was a joy that is absolutely unspeakable, was mm-hmm. that we knew that most of the people we minister to in third world countries, this mm-hmm. would be a palace to them. Mm-hmm. And wow. in that perspective, we were just able to say, Lord, thank you. Thank you mm-hmm. for this place, this base of ministry. And um, ultimately, God has led us in a, a path. Uh, we just never saw this this coming even right up until when it began to mm. to unravel and, and happen we were um, we we just had I, I believe I I felt like the Lord would simply 
uh, even though the economy itself was uh, falling apart, that for us, that mm -hmm. he would bless financially mm -hmm. and he would carry us through that. Mm -hmm. And that was not his purpose and plan. Mm -hmm. And so when it began to happen, both of us determined if this is the Lord and we believe it is and we've asked him to do something about it and he's opted not to, then let's get busy doing what it is uh, in, to make this place the place he's given us. Well, and it, it's like in um, the story of Daniel and with Shadrach, Meshach, and, and Abednego where he says, even if mm. you don't, mm. even if you don't rescue us. Mm. And that's just reminded me of your story. Mm. Um, and, you know, there's, I think, I, I think it's sometimes a hush-hush thing if somebody is going through some financial trouble. So I appreciate the stand that y'all have taken mm -hmm. and saying God's doing something here. Mm -hmm. And we're going to have joy in the process. Mm -hmm. And that's one thing I wrote about you is that I see joy mm -hmm. um, even now, you know, years later through that. Um, and so what would you say to the woman who maybe her husband and her and her family are going through the same thing. What would you say to her? Well, many, because of the economy, are mm -hmm. uh, really in financial mm -hmm. stress, and it puts terrible strain on marriages. Mm -hmm. It's really one of the leading causes of divorce or finances, mm -hmm. and um, the the economy is not, uh, it's, it's certainly rebounded, mm -hmm. but uh, we've met with many couples that are, are experiencing the same thing, mm -hmm. and it is, it's very challenging because it strikes, I believe, at a woman's sense of security and wealth. Yes. Being, yes. Uh, differently than uh, a man's uh, sense mm -hmm. of it. I, I think if I could speak for my husband, he would say that he was terribly grieved at least early on that he felt like he had failed me. Mm. And I reassured him he had not, mm. that this is a God thing. Mm -hmm. And this is right. not a failure on your part. This right. is God's doing in our life. It's wonderful right. in our eyes. We're we're going. This is going to be a this is going to be a good thing for us. Right. Um, but for me personally, there were shaky moments of thinking mm -hmm. we have no income, we have no money, we have nothing. There's no resources left. Right. And um, so what I would say is, in that moment, we began to discover the fullness of the life of Christ to mm -hmm. meet every need, to meet every one of those shaky moments to um, uh, remind us of the solid rock that we were standing on, even though our world had been rocked, but good, it really had. Mm -hmm. But um, it is, um, I, I suppose I would say to find rest in Jesus, in his mm -hmm. word, in his promises, but not to assume that you know what it's going to look like. The, some of the reasons we miss God's gifts are we're expecting them to come in different packages mm -hmm. than they do. Right. And uh, sure. we certainly believe that um, God's, uh, uh, in our bankruptcy, was God's gift to us wrapped in a package we did not want. Mm. And uh, the unwrapping of it caused our hands to hurt and bleed in our heart sure. and, and dreams were dashed. And yet, um, through it all, there was this sense of something bigger and greater that God was mm -hmm. after. And so he gave us the ability to rest in that. I can remember even driving out of my driveway the very last time um, and telling the Lord, I'm not looking back. I, I'm not mm -hmm. looking back. Lot's wife looked back, mm -hmm. and she turned into a pillar of, of salt. Mm -hmm. And that was your judgment. And mm -hmm. I, I refused to mm -hmm. look back. I'm never going to go back and think, oh, I wish I had, or I liked it better when I committed to the Lord 
Craig and I are going to set our face like a flint. We're going to believe that mm-hmm. you're the God who is sovereign and gracious. And mm-hmm. indeed, he has been as um, we have been, uh, we're eight years out of the bankruptcy. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, the little cottage has become uh, such a gift to us because mm-hmm. it is very small. It's very easy to maintain and very inexpensive mm-hmm. to maintain. Mm-hmm. And what we did not know that God was doing, because by this time, Craig and I were doing a lot of international travel by the time the bankruptcy came up. And um, then I had started my own ministry because of yes. the by the time I had been teaching so much, mm-hmm. um, I was beginning to write and then publish uh, Bible studies and do DVDs for other churches. And so That's the ministry great. was developing. Mm-hmm. But um, suddenly I had my husband full time. He'd been very involved in ministry. Mm-hmm. Uh, but we began to see that the Lord, one of the things at least he was doing is giving my husband freedom to do things for the Lord. He never would have had That's owning great. his own business business and right, greenhouses right. and plants and all of that. Mm-hmm. And so now at a moment's notice, we're prepared to go anywhere in the world because we shut down our little cottage, walk away from it. And um, there's, it has, doesn't have to be even checked on. We didn't even landscape it because mm-hmm. we didn't want anything to be mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. left uh, that had to be tended to by anybody else. That's we wonderful. just simply can walk away. And again, that would have never, mm-hmm. that could have never, we would have never dreamed mm-hmm. about doing that um, mm-hmm. in the place we were at. So the place we're at now is much better, so much better. And you have a kitchen now. We got a kitchen. You do have yes. a kitchen. It was gifted to us by oh. very dear friends, and another That's friend wonderful. custom built it. So not wow. only do we have a, a kitchen, we have a very mm-hmm. beautiful one that is a love gift on so many, uh, so many levels. So much mm-hmm. of the cottage was gifted to us mm-hmm. that um, by the time. Um, uh, even when we look back on it, living on that kind of, uh, we call it the walk of faith with, without a net, uh, when mm. you really are out there with just you and the Lord, was such a faith-building time for us mm. and uh, being loved on by the body in ways we, we just, we still are, are stunned by how gracious and giving other people are. Uh, there, I, I do remember, I did not feel this way, but others mm. have said they feel like people are looking down on them as they are struggling financially. Mm. Because even within the Christian Christian community, we do tend to think when bad things happen to good people, mm. it means there's bad things going on in their life. Mm. But um, the uh, um, Craig and I did not feel that way. In fact, we felt to the contrary, mm. the love of God's people mm. drawing up very close to us and uh, ministering to us in ways that uh, have been just, it's just been a love gift uh, for us. So, um, so you would say that the, the, um, the people of God have just come around you mm, and, and just have supported absolutely. everything. Prayer support, financial support, just uh, meals brought in, just to sit Great. with us and uh, listen to it. So mm. anybody who's struggling with that, I would just encourage them to draw close to the Lord yes. through His Word, but also close to the community of Christ, yes. to draw up close to those people. Um, I've always had a very strong uh, group of women and Craig and I's couples that they're just they're the people we went to first to tell them what was happening, and they're the ones who just linked arms and uh, mm-hmm. decided they would walk through that whole thing uh, with us. So um, the the Word of God and the comfort it brings in the Spirit of God, but the church, the the body, uh, is uh, it, it is our lifeline, really yeah. and truly. When those hard times come, and they come to everybody, and they come in all different uh, nice. different ways. Mm-hmm. So you mentioned mission trips. Mm. So you. You have been to northern Uganda. You've Mm -hmm. been a lot of places, but specifically northern Uganda. Tell me about the ministry 
of providing an animal mm. for some of those women there. Let, tell me about that. Well, Craig and I were trained to teach pioneer evangelism, and it's where we go into usually uh, third world countries. Uh, well, actually, we've gone all the round, around the world with it, and we teach pastors and church leaders about sharing Christ effectively, building uh, disciples, uh, leading people to Christ, building discipleship, and planting churches is basically what it is. And so on one of these trips was into northern Uganda, and we obviously have to have interpreters, and our mm. interpreter on that trip was a man named uh, Odonga James. And he was telling us, he lives in the village, he has a village church, but he was telling us that um, he had, God had just given him this, uh, he believed this vision of a way that his church could more effectively minister into the village to reach those people outside of personal relationship uh, how he could do this effectively and share the gospel with them. And it was going to be through goats because in the village, uh, livestock are very hard to come by. Mm. And um, he was telling us that one uh, goat cost, at that time we could get them for $25. We now, um, they cost us $30 because we're having to transport them farther and farther oh, away. Wow. But he was telling about how the gift of a $25 goat into an unbelieving family would break the cycle of poverty to the third and fourth generation. Mm. And I've read that. That is amazing. It's hard to to fathom. And then that they would use that goat and uh, to share Christ. And so what they do, and um, in our ministry, uh, standing near the cross, we partner with him to raise funds because the goats. That's very difficult for a village church to do. But the village church, uh, when James told them, told his little congregation about his uh, vision from the Lord to reach people with uh, goats Mm. uh, for the gospel, um, they. they were absolutely 100% behind it, and they were going to take up a special offering. Mm. And many of these people tithe with rice. And mm. in this offering, the men, in order to support the offering, they took the shirts off their backs, mm. and the women took their shoes and put them in the offering. Mm. And when I heard James tell that story, I said, tell me how we can get involved absolutely. and what can we do. And mm. so we raise funds and send them over there, and mm. um, they purchase the goats, and the men of the church usually take the the goats and present it to the ladies uh, usually we target widows first there are many widows many many widows very very difficult to take care of a family uh, without oh, a husband sure. around as in many of the agricultural cultures and so the men will um, give her the goat and she will always say why would you do this and they say because God loves you, and we do too. Mm. And they begin slowly to present Christ, just a Mm -hmm. tiny bit. Mm -hmm. But they also begin to teach her the practical animal husbandry because she will have never had livestock and won't know how to take care of it. Right. Then the women's ministry of his church begin to make weekly visits. And over the course of eight to ten weeks, they will go every week, uh, meet with that precious lady and her family, and begin to very slowly present Mm. Christ. In many of these areas, they've not heard the name of Jesus. Jesus, no. they yeah. are many um, are um, worshiping animals or ancestors, and so yeah. they very gently and very slowly mm. begin to present the person of Christ from his birth all the way to his resurrection and ascension. And um, they will begin; those women will begin to gather their family and their neighbors 
and so the women's ministry will go to their little hut and they'll sit out under a tree and share and then they ask if they can pray for them and then can they come back the next week and so after about eight to ten weeks they will um, invite them to receive Christ and Mm -hmm. nearly every goat has produced not just one conversion but that whole family and often many neighbors that's um, amazing will come to Christ and then obviously they'll want to join that church and um, they are baptized then and very shortly many of those women will be uh, will want to do the Bible storing with that women's ministry and they so our goat ministry is Mm. uh, reproducing uh, the the idea behind our goats that the people do not eat hardly any meat so they're not used to eat they're used to build a herd and when they get to about six or eight goats Mm -hmm. they can barter about six of them for a cow and um, that's what the ultimate goal is is to get them and then they can sell the meat they can make cheese this will make that woman it will it changes the changes their life it does it absolutely does so on one hand it meets a a physical need Um, it's very hard to tell someone who was starving or their children are starving that God Mm -hmm. loves them Mm -hmm. and so it meets this physical need that Mm -hmm. is what opens the door and then the slowly um gentle way these women have of uh, sharing Christ with them. Strong relationships are built. Accountability is built in. Um, they've planted, I, I don't know, I got a note from James yesterday, over 20 churches have been planted, and wow. many of them through the GOAT through ministry. ministry. And, I um, think this so is exciting. It, it is. It is so it exciting. Been, it, it is The part incredible. we can do, mm-hmm. even here in Tennessee, yes. that we can do it. Yes. So I, I thank you for doing that, for partnering oh, with him. It is, what an it is exciting so thing. Uh, Craig and I have been to his church uh, several mm-hmm. years ago. We were able to go do a marriage conference, and we're mm-hmm. hoping soon to get back over there and go That's into great. his uh, village That's church. Wonderful. But it's exciting to see what God's doing, That's how great. he's connecting the dots. It's wonderful. <laughs> okay, so um, where can people, if they want to, Get involved in this goat ministry. Mm. Where can people find you online and on social media? Well, we have a Facebook page, Standing Near the Cross. Um, Jean and Craig Stockdale is our Facebook page for our ministry. Then I'm also on Facebook. Jean Stockdale is my name uh, on uh, my Facebook page. We have a website, um, a webpage, and it's jeanstockdale.com, and there's some information there that Wonderful. they can find out about how to uh, purchase a goat. We also invite them to name their goats. Oh, and what's really it. fun is we can track those goats. Mm. And uh, we've had several women who have um, died. Uh, they were goat recipients, but they have died in the Lord because of that mm. goat. And we were able to go back and track the name wow. of uh, who gave that uh, mm. goat. And so That's if awesome. anyone would like to, they can. Um, there's information there how they can uh, okay. financially support that ministry and, and how they can track and see what God's doing in Uganda. That's great. Thank you for doing all that. That's wonderful. Oh, it's our privilege. Um, at the end of each episode, I ask my guests what they are eating, what they are reading, what they are praying for, and what they are loving. What are you reading? What is the, something you're um, reading? Good? I am reading. Uh, let me think here what the name of the book is. Oh, I know. It's by the author of Kisses for Katie. It's yes. her second book, okay. Missionary in Uganda, uh, American Missionary out of uh, Nashville, actually, okay. that is over okay. there. And I, I'm sorry, I can't call the name up. Yeah, it's her no, second I, book. Yeah, yeah. I've been hearing that. Yeah. Uh, unbelievable. Yes. Yes. Unbelievable. Yes. Yes. Okay. Okay. So what are you eating? I'm eating. My husband and I have been off carbs, sugar, and... 
really mostly just fruits and vegetables and a little bit of protein for oh, about a year. Okay. And so every so often we'll have carbs. And the uh-huh. other night at a ball game, we had cotton candy, which yes. is... Oh, I saw uh, your post on yes, that. I'm telling you, that yes. was some good stuff. <laughs> <laughs> Only because we had not have been having carbs, it was really uh, dreadful. But, right. Um, anyway, so uh, that's what we're that's what okay. we're doing uh, currently. Okay. Except when we travel, and then when oh, we travel, sure. uh, we get all we, bets are out uh, the oh, window. Oh my goodness! Yes, yes, yes. Indeed. Okay. What are you praying for? Well, we are praying for the. Um, we have some trips upcoming, and we're tr- trying to work out our schedule. Uh, okay. So we're praying for when and where to go, how long to stay, and what ministry needs to look like when we go. Uh, we'll we'll probably do four trips out of the country okay. between now and the end of the year. So wow. that's kind of what we're working that's on great. right now. That's great. What are you loving? Well, we're. this <laughs> is going to sound trite, but um, I love the Lord Jesus with all my heart mm. and soul. Mm. And I love his word. Mm. And in my 60s, I am more convinced of his power to change a life mm. and more committed to teach as many people as I possibly can mm. The power of Christ in salvation and then the power of the Word of God in the process called sanctification that we're in as believers. Mm-hmm. That um, I, I'm loving His Word and sharing it and seeing women impacted and influenced. Mm-hmm. My life is one who was drastically changed by the Lord Jesus Christ mm-hmm. from an out-and-out rebel to uh, a surrendered soul and heart to the Lordship of Christ. And though certainly I've failed him, he has been so faithful. And Mm. I I suppose Craig and I both sense a a desire to redouble our efforts, to be Mm. more intentional uh, Mm. sharing Christ with those we come in contact with, more intentional uh, when we're traveling and teaching or here at Bellevue, we're teaching a life group or in women's ministry, redoubling that effort um, Mm. that we might in the closing chapters of our life, however long that is, and whatever that looks like in this season of our life, that we mm. might be found uh, faithful until mm. he comes. So, Well, and y'all are gifted teachers, mm. and you're a gifted women's teacher, and mm. I can't wait to start this fall. So I'm looking very much forward to uh, well, it. Well, we're excited about it. We're going to be writing and uh, teaching the uh, study on First Peter. It's going to be called Outrageous Grace mm. and Extraordinary Joy. And mm. so we look forward to, um, to having you. But well, I look forward uh, we just believe the word of God changes people, yes. and um, so we're mm-hmm. we're anxious to do more. I suppose uh, under right. the direction of the Lord, but to do more to um, mm-hmm. share Jesus with others. Well, good. Thank you so much for giving oh, me your time today. I appreciate really, it. Thank really. you. Well, I enjoyed so much talking with Miss Jean about her story and what God has done in her life and what He is continuing to do. Do me a favor. Go follow Jean on Facebook. She posts a lot of awesome things, encouraging things, funny things. You will want to go follow her there. Also, her website, Standing Near the Cross Ministries, is a great website for a great resource if you would like her to come speak at your church. And also the information about giving a goat toward a a family, a woman in northern Uganda is on her website and also on her ministry page on Facebook, Standing Near the Cross. So go follow her over there. Thank you so much for listening. I am so thrilled each week that I get to publish this podcast. 
to share the stories of women that I know that I feel like you will be encouraged by. So thanks so much for listening. And you can follow us over on Instagram at Friends of a Feather Podcast and also on Facebook. But if you don't do social media, that's okay. We are on iTunes. So if you have an iPhone and you have that purple square app that says podcast, click that, click the search, and you can type in Friends of a Feather and find us over there and you can share us with a friend. Thanks so much. Have a great week and I'll see you next Friday. Y'all, I almost forgot. I forgot to say my tagline. We are all Friends of a Feather. Let's stick together. All right, guys, for real this time. See you next week.